0: Take your Bibles and turn to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. In a faith promise missions conference uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 If they're not preached from uh, Expositionally as the main text They're certainly referred to In a world missions conference And specifically a faith promise conference For therein do the principles Of the faith promise concept reside As Paul writes to the church at Corinth He reminds them about a promise that they made to him to give an offering that he might minister to the saints... ...and take that offering and give it to some of the saints who were struggling. And he reminds them that there were churches in Macedonia who not only promised, but they gave the offering. And Paul says, look, uh, you folks in uh, Corinth, you promised, but you haven't given... And he says, you know what? The Macedonians, they did promise and they did give. And they've got it a lot more difficult than you do, to be quite honest. He said, they've got it rough. And he talks about how that he's not giving a commandment in chapter 8. He says, look, I'm not forcing you to do this. I'm not making you take this card and putting you under the gun and... If you don't do it, you're not right with God. No way am I saying that. We live in the age of grace and uh, in this present dispensation, uh, God is working through the hearts of men in that new covenant as he's writing his law in our hearts. He says, I'm not going to give you a commandment that you have to do this. But as is the case with the man of God, he kind of puts the dagger in and twists it. Because he actually makes this thing stronger than a commandment. Because he says, well, I don't speak by commandment. But what I am doing is uh, proving the sincerity of your love. Ouch. You say you love the Lord. You say you love souls. You say... You love serving God. But you made a promise and you didn't even do it. Makes it stronger than a commandment, really. I'm not going to command you, but I am going to say if you don't fulfill it, it's showing that there's a difficulty in your love life goes on through, talks about giving thanks to God, the messengers that God has called to work along His side. In chapter number 1, he continues to speak about the ministry of the saints. And then he gets into verse number 6, is where we'll be beginning this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. And this morning, as we talk about the faith promise, I want us to see how the promise of our faith travels a circuitous route As God's promises are assured when our faith is accentuated. Verse number 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. And may God Add his blessing to the reading of his word this morning. And I'd like to ask you to pray a brief prayer with me. Repeat these words. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. In verses 6 through 8, we find the Apostle Paul sharing with them again the idea of giving. And he gives them the promise of Faith And the promise of faith comes, he says, if you will give abundantly, God will bless you abundantly. If you give uh, sparingly, God will bless you sparingly. It's kind of dependent upon where your faith lies and how that faith is acting out. Two aspects of faith this morning. Every person... Whether it's the faith to go or whether it's the faith to give needs to demonstrate missionary faith. Missionary faith. The law of sowing and reaping. Some are here today with the faith to go. Myself, the Salmons, the Burkholz. We want to go, and we want to keep going, and we want to keep sharing. We want to keep sowing so that we all may continue reaping. And if we have the heart to go and keep on going as missionaries, then God's people who stay back by the stuff in our homeland must have the heart, the missionary faith, to give and keep on giving. Folks say, well, you know, what about... I had a guy ask me one time in the Appalachian Mountains, I was in a country church preaching, and he says, how long are we going to just keep this up? I mean, how long are we just going to keep giving money, sending people to foreign countries and uh, things like that? Yeah, cantankerous mountain man he was. I said, uh, well, I suppose... We'll just keep doing it until everybody gets saved. Amen? I guess that's when we stop. You know? And as far as I can tell, everybody's not saved. (laughs) Okay? What about them? What are they giving? Sure, we go to the mission field and we teach them to give as well. It's not like they get a free pass on that. Certainly not. Again, it's a circuitous route. From here to there and all around it keeps going. My church in Tanzania that we started four years ago, we support a missionary to the Jews. We support a missionary in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. And we support a missionary in Simeon. It's my desire that we will soon begin supporting a missionary to China. So yeah, we're doing it too. Okay. It's not that it's just all on the church in America, but I will say this. The Bible's clear in this principle, to whom much is given, much is required. We've certainly been given much. We're a blessed people. It takes missionary faith. Now, take your card. I hope you didn't put that too far away from you. I want everybody to put your card in your hand. Hold on to your card. Not only does it take missionary faith, it takes mutual faith. We put a lot of stock in... Personal faith, personal salvation, certainly. But as I've lived in the Eastern part of the world, I've come to become more holistic in my thinking and how that, uh, even in church, the community idea is biblical. And uh, it's not just on you to do it all, it's a mutual faith. It's each person praying in Fellowship Baptist Church, getting the mind of God, the direction of the Holy Spirit, the Leadership to give what God purposes and lays upon your heart. No one is so rich that they should not give. And no one is so poor that they cannot give. And one thing to keep in mind is that mutually and combined, this church can make a dynamic impact in the world. Reminds me of a farmer who was out one day in the country roads with his mule, Buddy. Buddy was a blind mule. And the farmer would use Buddy for various tasks. And as they were meandering down the road, he saw a young man from the city had gotten off of the road. And his, car, his sports car was stuck in a ditch. So the old farmer says, young man, could I help you? He says, well, I'm trying to get my car out of the ditch. I'm out of cell phone coverage. I can't get anybody to help me. And the farmer says, well, I think we can help you there. And the farmer tied Buddy to the sports car with a strong rope. And the farmer stepped back and he said, pull, Coco, pull. Buddy just stood there. And he said, pull, Nelly, pull. And Buddy's just standing there waiting. And then he yelled out, pull, Buddy, pull. And Buddy started pulling, he started moving, and he got that car right out of the ditch. And that young man said, sir, thank you so much. You're welcome, young man. But I do have one question, farmer. He said, yeah, what can I, what can I do for you? He said, there's one mule here. And you uh, yelled out like two names before you called his. he said, well, yeah, Buddy's a blind mule. And if Buddy thought he was pulling all by himself, he wouldn't have even tried. (laughs) You're not pulling all by yourself. It's a mutual effort. Give. What God has led you to give. And give it by faith. That's the promise. Verse number 9. As it is written, He hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower... Both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgivings to who? God. The promise of faith leads to the promise of faces. Paul tells the church at Corinth, hey, I understand that you think if you give so much that you're going to end up somewhere along the ways lacking. You're not going to have what you need to feed yourself and feed your family. Well, I can look around this church. I don't know if anybody needs to be too concerned about that. Amen? My, My home church is called Mamre Baptist. Uh, you look up the name Mamre and you understand what our church is all about. Okay, <laughs> He says, you're not going to suffer lack. Because God has given a promise. That if you give, he will give back to you. Give and it shall be given. Ministering, oh, filling your cup. Running over. I used to have that verse memorized. I don't know what happened. <laughs> give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. There it was. Amen. <laughs> give and God will provide. He will provide for your need. But give for the promise of faces. The Lord Jesus, he gave everything, the Bible says, that he set his face like a flint to the cross. When he marched up Calvary, and when you set your face like a flint to do the will of God, you better guarantee the sparks are going to fly. But when they fly, hold on to your faith. Hold on to the strength that God has promised. And you see these faces. And many of them look like challenging faces. What a challenge. They look different. They talk different. They act different. I have my own prejudices. I have my own dispositions. Are they depraved people? Yes. Are they despicable? Yeah. Are they desired? Certainly, certainly, certainly God desires. Sometimes there may be intimidating faces. We're talking about the ones falling down. Now look at this mama here, this BB. She looks like somebody I've met in Tanzania. It can be somewhat intimidating to meet someone like that. It's a challenge to go. I don't know if I want to share But God says to the Apostle Paul that your seed will multiply. And in the end of verse 10, he says, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Don't be intimidated by the faces. It's just a challenge. Are you up for the challenge? It saddens me that sometimes a young person may come down to the steps or the altar and they pray and God, through the preaching of his word, through the power of his spirit, puts on their heart a desire to go to an unknown land, a far and distant place, a dark area to shine light and be a light. But then parents, grandparents, friends, hmm, you don't want to. You don't want to do that. You don't want to throw your life away like that. You know, it's it's okay for the missionaries to kind of come through every now and then, but you don't need to be doing that. I mean, you've got such potential. You've got a great future. Oh, so the missionaries are just the rejects, you know. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they couldn't do anything else. They're stupid. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Appreciate it. It's challenging. Step up to the challenge. Because here's what happens. When God puts a desire in someone's heart to meet a challenging face, that challenging face can become a cherished face. One that is transformed from doubt, depression, and deprivation to delight and joy and the power of God. That's a cherished face. The grace of God makes a challenging face a cherished face. I shall never forget the very first three months I was in Tanzania and started our church and was teaching through the book of Genesis in just a a Bible study and there were about six or seven people in that Bible study and I was sharing Genesis chapter 22 when Abraham gave Isaac and I could teach that in here and everyone would be like yeah we've heard this like a gajillion times amen But as I shared and spoke of Abraham lifting that knife, I remember young Esther, who was a recent convert, her eyes got so big. She had no idea how this story went. And what a delight! To share that God stayed the hand of Abraham. And in his grace provided a sacrificial lamb. And her big eyes dropped to a bright white smile. She was basking in the grace of God. The next year we were out in Egoma in the village in the second church we ever started. I would always preach to the adults, and my wife would teach the children's church hour. And we were getting ready to get back in our truck and go back home for the six-mile drive. And we had, it had been a hot day, and we were tired. We were ready to get in the car. As my wife was just about to step up into her place, a little girl grabbed her skirt My wife turned and said, yeah, what do you need? And this little girl came to church by herself. Her parents weren't there. She came of her own volition. Her face was dirty. Her hair was matted. Her dress was tattered. And this little girl held out her hands. And in her hands were two papayas. That she had picked up off of the ground on the way to church. She wanted to give them to my wife. And my wife says, is that your tithe? She said, yeah. No one is so poor that they cannot give. No one is so rich. That they should not give. For through your giving, God turns the challenge into a cherished moment. And the faces become transformed. Verse number 12. For the administration of this service not only supplied the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God, whilst by the experiment, Of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ. And for your liberal distribution unto them, unto all men. And by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. There's that circuitous route you give, they're changed. You're praying they be saved and then they pray for you it's the promise of the future the promise of the future it's when these masai guys begin jumping for joy not to the ancestors but because they know jesus christ and they're thankful that you gave so they could jump for joy in Jesus. That's how they do it. I've jumped with them. Amen. It's a blast. I don't get, white men can't get that high. Amen. But hey, do the best I can with what I got. Instead of a Maasai man, when he comes to Christ, he won't forsake him. They get in your church and they stay. They stick with it. And they jump for Jesus. The promise of the future is in the immediate future. It's like future now. Now you have the opportunity to make the future. How many of you know about compounding interest? Yeah. I mean, how many of you have told your teenage child, I wish I would have known more about compound interest when I was your age? Yeah. This right here, compounding, exponential, unfathomable, unmeasurable reward right here how many of you have talked to your teenager about compounding interest but have yet to talk to them about compounding interest the immediate future that we can build equity into the eternal we put it into that We lay up for ourselves treasure in heaven. What is the immediate future for Fellowship Baptist Church? It's doing the greater through the power of one and a mutual combined faith to make the challenging faces cherished and allowing Chris and Beth, Burkholtz and Shane and Katie Salomon to go where God called them to go. To let me stay where God put me so we can buy the plane tickets, so we can pay the electric bills. so we can buy the Bible, so we can uh, sometimes uh, alleviate the burdens that some of the national pastors are having and continue to plant churches and buildings. The immediate future takes an investment of every individual. And that immediate future and building equity in the eternal leads to an immense Future. Revelation chapter 5. Keep your hand in 2 Corinthians. We're going to finish there. But go to Revelation chapter 5. Verse number 8. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings, And priests. And we shall reign on the earth. The faces that were challenged shall be eternally cherished in heaven as kings and priests. Yeah, give it up. Amen. Just like we have been made kings and priests. Unto our God. The promise of faith, the promise of faces, the promise of the future. And then, verse 15, in conclusion, and I mean it when I say it thanks be unto God for his unspeakable.